Welcome to Clear the Clutter. My name is Margaret, and this podcast is where I give you practical and spiritual advice to get your time back so you can finally spend it how you really want. Hello, hello. All right. Let's try this again. <laughs> um, hmm. All right. So welcome to today's podcast episode. I'm going to do a couple of quick housekeeping tips before I kind of get this podcast on a roll. Um, depending on how you are consuming this, you might be either listening to the podcast or you might be watching me live. And oops, there we go. That is playing in the background. So that's perfect. Let's get out of that. Perfect. All right. So again, depending on how you are consuming, let's say consuming this instead of watching, depending on how you're consuming you might be listening to the podcast or you might be watching this on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, a platform I don't even know about yet. Um, but the intention of this video or this consumption is that I'm going to make it easier going forward for everyone to have access to the content. So if you're new to this or if this is the first time you're consuming in a different format outside of the podcast, I have about 35 previous podcast episodes that I've only published on a podcast audio fl- pa- platform and I pre-recorded all the content ahead of time, cleaned up the audio, did all the things, and then I posted it and that was it. I never took that content and did anything else with it. Well, here is to me trying something different. So if you want to go ahead and start joining me for the podcast live or you just continue on to listen to the audio you've got multiple options now so if you want to join me live um you can go ahead and look in the show notes or go on facebook and look for the facebook group called clear the clutter love um and then that way i can go ahead and add you and pretty much i'm pretty sure that every thursday is going to be me recording the podcast live So if in the meantime you have any questions or if you are on the live and you want to ask a question, I can give you a little more feedback in real time and kind of make it like a little bit of a party. So every podcast episode is going to now be a fun party versus just me recording content and uploading it into the ethers at two o'clock in the morning. So let's get started. Okay, today's podcast episode is going to be about becoming the wealthy woman. Now, what do I mean about that? Becoming the wealthy woman means what? What does, how do you even define it? Let's put it that way. Um, Let's go ahead and go over how we're going to do this. Again, if you're new, um, normally what I do with my podcast episodes is we'll pick our topic, we'll go over our topic, I'll give you some real life practical examples so you can go ahead and assimilate it into your own life. And then from there, I'll end it with some journal notes and some journal prompts. So that format is not going to change. Um, only difference is if you have any questions or anything like that and you're joining live, you can go ahead and ask them and then I can answer them before we get to the journal prompts. And you might notice I sound a little different. I've been fighting a cold, so I've got a cough drop in my mouth. I got my water hidden behind the camera. So we can go ahead and do this thing. All right. So becoming a wealthy woman. Let's go ahead and start with what the freak does that even mean? Well, What a wealthy woman, to me, means someone that can take care of their family emotionally and financially without needing to get support from someone else. The support is always welcome. The support is always desired. But let's go back to reality. If the shit hits the fan, I can go ahead and take care of me and Ben and the fur babies and the house and everything. Is it going to be easy? Not necessarily. Is it going to be fun? Not necessarily but it means I have the capability of doing that. Now, in the past, that would mean the emotional side. So in my 20s, earlier in our marriage, I was able to be more of the emotional support because I wasn't able to be the financial portion of of the wealthy woman. I understood money, I helped manage our money, I helped do a lot of things with our money, but I didn't have the confidence or the capability or even some of the skill set that I needed so that I could go ahead and earn the money that was needed to take care of us on my own. Um, Yeah, I didn't. And that's okay. I don't want 
that mindset or that reality, if that's your reality, I don't want that to be a bad thing because trying to go ahead and become the wealthy woman was an evolution. So for me, it took probably about 10 years. And I don't want to say it was 10 years because, well, it wasn't, it wasn't because it was 10 years, but at the same time, it wasn't 10 years. So for let's say five of those 10 years, I didn't even know what that meant. I didn't know how to define it. I didn't know what she looked like, what she sounded like, how she acted, where she was confident, how she took action, how she relied on other people, how she used other people to help her grow. I didn't understand any of that. So it was an unconscious need. Um, and way, way, way back in the day, I used to be super into Danielle Laporte's uh, The Desire Map. I actually still have the book behind me in my bookcase and I love my bookcase. <laughs> I don't do a ton of digital books, but the ones I do, they really mean a lot to me. So I used to, when I was trying to figure out how to define my desires, because I had a really hard time with that. One of the things I used to always define year after year after year, every year around my birthday, I would go and I would pick what are going to be my core desire feelings for that year or maybe that quarter or whatever it was. And I kept p picking expansiveness. And um, I don't know if Danielle Laporte has it up anymore, but what she had is it was this gorgeous video of this girl free diving. All you see is this chick, arms are out, she's in the middle of the ocean, there's nothing around her, and it says expansiveness in the picture. And I loved it, loved it for years, kept it as my background at work <laughs> so that no one, you know, no one kind of knew what it was. I mean, they're like, oh, that's a weird, cool photo, but they never knew like the double meaning. So what I was trying to define was the wealthy woman, but I didn't have any good role models of what that wealthy woman was. So instead of being able to ask my parents or an aunt or my godmother or anything like that, the only truly wealthy person I knew was Ben's aunt, um, Aunt Brenda. She's amazing. I totally love her. And she doesn't even define herself as wealthy, but she had more than I could comprehend. So she was the wealthy person that I knew. And I'm not trying to put her on a pedestal or say that her wealth is invalid or anything like that, but she was the most, I felt that she had the best balance of emotional and financial abundance. She had space, she had time, she had choices. And I didn't necessarily understand that when I kept craving expansiveness over and over and over again, it was because I was trying to figure out how to define, okay, well, a wealthy woman has choices. A wealthy woman has options. A wealthy woman can go ahead and say no to things or say yes to things. And being able to have a choice was something that in my, in my reality, I just couldn't fathom. I was like, well, wow, people have choices. I'm not that type of person. I'm not a person that has choices. I always have to do this. I always have to do that. I always have to because that's my reality. So the beginning stages of trying to define what a wealthy woman was, was very, very messy. So if that is you right now, I want you to know that I was there and the entire intention of this podcast is to go ahead and take that messiness and cut it down drastically. I am always obsessed with collapsing time. I swear to God, I keep joking that one day I'm going to have um, coffee mugs made with all my favorite phrases and one of them is totally going to be collapse time because I do not believe, even back in the day when I didn't know how to describe it, I do not believe that it is necessary to struggle unnecessarily, to suffer unnecessarily, as long as you're willing to do the work. So listening to this podcast in whatever format you're listening to is part of doing the work. The other part would be to do the homework or the journal prompts at the end. But if you are willing to put in the effort, do the work that I do not believe that you should suffer. Now you're going to have to grow. And sometimes that means struggle or that might mean, you know, messiness, but that's okay. That's part of growth. That's part of learning. That's part of building, you know, a, a new muscle. Every time you build a new muscle, you have to rip the old muscles apart so that the new ones can come into play. So how does that relate to being a wealthy woman? Well, hear me out. Becoming a wealthy woman is almost like a birth process. It is something where it starts in its infancy and it hasn't really been defined yet. Then you start defining it and you start defining it and you start defining it. And then over time it is birthed into the world. So let me, let me help you define a wealthy woman a little bit. So 
and I shouldn't say just wealthy woman, wealthy person. So, you know, for, I know that there are guys that listen to this podcast. So, well, for you, it could be wealthy man or wealthy, whatever. So the wealthy person, right? Becoming a wealthy person is going to be different for everyone. So, and I go back to, if I had to pick one word for becoming a wealthy woman, a wealthy man, a wealthy person, it would be choice. You have the ability to make choices. You are not backed into a literal corner to where you're like, well, I have no options, so I have to do X, I have to do Y, I have to sell Z, I have to do whatever. I have to say yes to this thing because I have no other options. So if we're going to define becoming a wealthy person into one word, it's going to be choice. Now, once you have choices, then we start to define it. So depending on how you've been paying attention or following, or even if this is the first time you've been listening to me in quite a while, because it's been a hot minute since I've had the podcast and I'm going to fidget. So just bear with me on the video, but whatevs. So if you haven't seen the last couple of emails that I've sent out, or you haven't seen any of the socials, because again, you've just been consuming me on the podcast. Um, just know that I am starting to get active on social media again. Um, I know we've talked about it in the past. It's a thing, but I've committed to doing it differently and making it easy. So anywho, when you start to define becoming that wealthy person, it's going to evolve. It's going to change, but your baseline is that you have choices. So I recommended in the last couple of my emails, two different courses. And you guys know, I'm a super Amanda Francis, like fanatic. I love her. Her work is amazing. Um, her, well, actually this entire podcast episode is inspired because of her work. So I've been completely open that I followed her work for the past couple of years and she's helped me quantum leap over and over and over and over again. And one of the things I wanted to do probably within the last six months or so is I wanted to figure out how to become the wealthy woman. I wanted to not only have choice, but I wanted to have abundance. I wanted to literally have overflow. So I went from taking that baseline word of choice and saying, okay, well, I have some choices now. I don't have a ton. I don't have as many as I want, but I have choices. So what's the next level of that? What's the next evolution? And Amanda was talking about, oh, let's go ahead and do the equivalent of the master's program or your PhD of evolving your money and evolving your wealth. And that was becoming the wealthy woman. So I re recommended in the last episode, two different podcast, well not podcasts, two different courses. And the first course is called drop your money struggle. And then the second course of a call is a called the wealthy woman. And the reason why I recommended two different courses is because I wanted to try and figure out how to meet you where you're at. So if you are where I was five years ago and you're trying to figure out how to define what wealth would mean to you, how abundance would mean to you, how overflow would mean to you, and you know that it's out there and you know that it exists for other people, but you can't wrap your brain around it, you can't fathom it, Drop the, Drop the Money Struggle is a course that I would recommend because it would truly collapse time. So I probably purchased the course I don't know, let's say three, no, probably four, four or five years ago at this point. And when I understood how I was sabotaging my money, sabotaging my habits, I was able to clean it up. Again, going back to that belief that I do not believe that we should struggle unnecessarily as long as we're willing to do the work. Then when I, the last six months, started trying to go ahead and become the wealthy woman, become a woman of more, you know, it was serendipitous that she came out with the wealthy woman course. Um, it wasn't released to the public yet. So I was able to start learning about it. And I've even been going through the content over again last week when I'm eating lunch at work, I'm going through the videos, I'm doing the homework. So I don't want it to seem like I know everything or I have all of these things figured out. Um, I am still a student, even though I can be a teacher at the same time. So to define it, I would go ahead and define being a wealthy woman, being a wealthy man is let's figure out where you're at. Step one. So regardless of the courses and regardless of my recommendations and my desire to help you, let's go ahead and define where you're at. Are you at a stage where everything feels like a struggle and you don't trust that the money will always be there and that you don't trust that you won't sabotage yourself? If that's you, let's go ahead and define that. Let's go ahead and clean that up. Let's go ahead and take care of that. Because if you don't, 
then you'll never be able to evolve to a healthy, stable version of that wealthy person, that wealthy woman, that wealthy man. Um, it's a psychological trait, regardless of if you believe in the woo or not the woo or being woke or any of that stuff, it's going to go back to psychology. If you have an addictive pattern or addictive habit or a sabotaging habit and you don't clean it up and you don't get to the root of the why, then you're going to sabotage it over and over and over again. So by the time you actually try to evolve, you'll evolve, you'll evolve, you'll evolve, but you'll crash back down when something triggers you. So I don't want that to happen. I don't want you to have these crazy highs and crazy lows. I want you to define where are you at. If you are struggling with money, if you are struggling with, um, again, sabotaging your money and sabotaging your money, let me define that for you real quick because this is the defining section. So let's get a little more practical. Defining sabotaging your money can mean that you put things on credit cards unnecessarily. You um, overbuy stuff in whatever capacity. It could be, you know, in, and I don't, don't judge for this. I really don't because there was a time where money felt so unstable to me that, and this is well years and years and years and years ago, but before extreme couponing was a thing, I found out about it because money felt so unstable to me and it always felt like it was slipping through my fingers and I never was going to be able to hold on to it. I started to become obsessed with extreme couponing. I'm not even joking. I had a legit five inch binder. I would get eight newspapers a week. My mom would get eight newspapers a week. I would save and get newspapers from all my friends and my neighbors and I would cut coupons and <coughs> excuse me. I would go crazy going ahead and trying to get my hands on deals and this is and that's because I felt that money wasn't safe. So I wanted to take that money and turn it into something that was safe. And instead of using that as a tool to go ahead and help me, I ended up using it as a way to sabotage myself. So I would go ahead and buy things unnecessarily. Like, I'm not even joking. One time on Black Friday, and this is epic but sad at the same time. One time on a Black Friday, I went to 13 different CVSs and 13 different Walgreens. So 20-something stores, right? I went there to buy toothpaste. Because every time I bought toothpaste, I made a dollar after the coupon, after the rebate, I made a dollar. I cleared out 20 something stores of toothpaste. Now, mind you, it took me years and years and years and years. And Ben was so mad because it was like, I don't even like this toothpaste. But it took us years of using that toothpaste to get our money back. But I was so afraid that the money would just disappear and wouldn't know what to do with it. And I couldn't figure out how to provide, but I couldn't even put words to it. So, Instead of taking the money and putting it in a different savings account or putting it away or just letting it sit there and saying it's okay that it sits there, I was so afraid it was going to just disappear and like the, the money fairy or the bill fairy was going to go poof and take it all away from us, that I turned it into something that felt safe. So I took something that was supposed to be a coping mechanism and I turned it into something that was a sabotage. So let me, let me add to this one too. So way back in the day before I ever found Amanda Francis's work or Katrina Ruth or Daniela Port or any of the people you see in my bookcase behind me, right? Not my little mermaid candle, not her, but everyone else. Before I discovered any of them and money didn't feel safe, I was obsessed with learning with like Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and not to say anything bad about them because there's still things that I have learned from them that I used to this, this day, but I don't follow their, mytholo their mythology. <laughs> That's a fraudulent slip. I don't follow their methods completely to the T. And here's why. When it comes to money, and I know I'm going a little bit in a circle, but just bear with me. When it comes to money, there are two basic ways in the practical that you can deal with debt. You can either save money and keep saving and saving and saving and cut off everything until you've saved your way to pay out of the debt, or you can earn more. And Dave Ramsey and Susie Orman and all of them, none of them ever focused on, hey, why don't you just earn more? Why don't you just grow your wealth and you take that overflow and you take that excess and you apply it to your outstanding debt, your outstanding bills, your credit cards, your whatever, right? Your savings account, your vacation fund. Why don't you take that money and you apply it somewhere? Instead, their, their method was, you are a bad person. You have put yourself in a bad situation. You should be punished. 
and therefore to punish you, let me rewire your brain. Let me make you learn the lesson by going through lack, by, you know, Dave Ramsey is famous for his beans and rice. And it's not like I said, I mean, I grew up eating beans and rice on Rican. So I was like, well, how was that a punishment? That was my entire childhood. You say my childhood was a punishment. But my point being, instead of looking as a money as a tool, instead of looking at money as a resource, they took it and they weaponized it to use it as a punishment tool. And I don't want you to be that. So this is where I go back to you need to define where you are. If you are in that stage that I've just spent the last couple of minutes describing of money is used as a punishment, money it does not feel safe. You take money and you spend it and you do whatever with it and you do all this mad scramble because it's too unsafe to let it just sit there. If that is you, then I want you to go ahead and start focusing on here. Here's your journal prompt and I'll figure out how to write the notes and all that afterwards. Your journal prompt is if money does not feel safe to you, I want you to write out why I want you to write out money does not feel safe to me because X. So my old examples, that was demons. My old example would have been money does not feel safe to me because I always feel like bills are going to come. Money does not feel safe to me because it doesn't feel like there's enough money does not feel safe to me because I feel like I don't know how to manage it. Money does not feel safe to me because I don't know anyone that has extra money. Money does not feel safe to me because I'm afraid I'm going to mismanage it. So, that was my reality years ago, but that was my reality. And I go back to, if that is you, I don't want you to, I wish, I really wish someone had told me years ago that, Hey, there's two ways to get out of debt. You can either cut everything to the bone and I'm talking like legit cut everything to the bone. Ben used to drive, I used to drive him freaking crazy because to save money on our electric bill, because this is what Dave Ramsey told me to save money on our electric bill. I would just unplug shit. And men's like, why is the TV unplugged? We plug it in, we watch it every single night. Well, I'm like, yeah, we save like 15 cents the whole day because I unplugged the TV. He's like, well, how is that benefiting us? I'm like, but we save 15 cents. So I don't want you to think when it comes to money, there's only one way to get out of a bad situation. There's always two. Now, you may not have the confidence or the resources for the second one, but there's always two choices. One of them is save your way and sacrifice and suffer. The other one is earn more fucking money. Now, let's go to the other half of defining what a wealthy woman, a wealthy man, a wealthy person would be. So a wealthy woman, man, person, they've got choices, right? So I consider myself currently a wealthy woman. And does that mean I have bajillions of dollars in the bank account? And I posted this on my website. Um, and if you're watching this or whatever, you can go or listening to it afterwards, you can go to the link. It's um, margaretstevens.co slash becoming the wealthy woman. There's a picture of Scrooge McDuck. Um, he was a big part of my childhood. I loved it. But the only reason why I loved him is because I'm not even joking. It's the cutest picture ever. And I debated on putting it, but I was like, you know what? Let's just be real, right? I used to watch that cartoon because he had a bank vault in his house and he would open up the vault and it was a huge, huge, huge room. And he would go diving through money and he would go swimming through money. Now, logically, obviously, as an adult, you can't do that because you get paper cuts. You can't dive through coins, yada, yada, yada. But he would go diving and swimming. He had a diving board. His nephews used to go and play. There was like a forklift in the back. And he had so much money that he had a whole room dedicated to that money. So when I say, excuse me, sorry, cough drop. When I say I define myself as a wealthy woman now, I'm not Scrooge McDuck rich because if I did, I figure out how to make a video of like diving through money. That would be the, like the best thing in the entire world. But I feel like I'm a wealthy woman right now because I have choices. Now, the other part of that too is when you have choices, you can go ahead and be conscious of the fact of, Hmm, I want more choices. I want more options. I want more opportunities. But if you don't take care of that scarcity mindset of that fear of that self-sabotaging, you'll never be able to make it here. And I'm speaking from experience. There's so many times where I've tried quantum leaping without doing the homework. There's so many times I tried growing our money without feeling safe around money. So every time in the past, and this is years ago, and I don't judge myself. This is just reality. And I share my reality. So you don't have to suffer like I did. So every time 
Ben would go ahead and do a side hustle or do a job or do this or do that. And he would bring home a good chunk of money, more than I could ever bring home. I would be so fearful around it that it would just fucking disappear that I'd figure out how to spend it. Or we'd figure out a bill or we'd have this or we'd do that, whatever. We were never, we never felt like it was safe enough to just let the money sit there. Even if there was a bill, who said I had to pay the bill off? Why couldn't I pay, take the bill and pay it off in two and three and four month chunks? Why, you know, why did I even have to pay the bill off? Currently we were at all, we've never had a problem paying our bills. We may not have had much left over. So why couldn't I have just left it alone that we were paying the bills over and over and over again every single month and let the money sit there? So my point is, if you can't get past the self-sabotage, trying to up-level your choices is going to be excruciating. And when you do try and up-level those choices, you're going to self-sabotage. So, <clears throat> excuse me, do me a favor. Go through, if you're in the first phase, and I'm using air quotes for a reason, if you're in the first phase, go ahead and do the homework of money doesn't feel safe because of what? And write it all out. And if you want to send it to me, if you want to post it somewhere and have me interact with it, you're more than welcome to come to the Facebook group. That is why I created this platform here. I wanted to have a safe space to talk about uncomfortable areas of money because these are conversations I did not grow up having. I've had these conversations with my girlfriends. I've had these conversations through absorbing content through mentors. I've had these conversations by, by expanding my knowledge and reading books. So I want to create an environment where it's safe for us to talk about that and safe for us to grow. So if you want to talk about why money's not safe for you, you're more than welcome to do that in the Facebook group. Um, now let's go back to the second camp. You feel like you're a wealthy person, a wealthy woman, a wealthy man, but you want more choices. So when I mean more choices, I want to talk about taking that wealthy persona and mentality and up leveling it and going, okay, well, if wealthy means to, let's, let's have that be the other homework. Wealthy means what to you? So wealthy means insert blank here. Wealthy means having enough PTO. Wealthy means um, having X amount in my savings account. Wealthy means having X amount in my checking account. Wealthy means having a healthy body. Wealthy means having the ability to do nothing on a weekend. Wealthy means being able to say no to a job I don't want to do. Wealthy means feeling confident that I can charge something because I know my worth. So those could be things that help define what becoming a wealthy woman, man, person is to you. And I continue to go back to once you kind of know what that is, then there's this growth factor. This is the let's spill into overflow. Let's elevate into overflow. Let's elevate into I can't fathom having this much. And again, I go back to if you haven't cleaned up the work or the, the previous work, you're going to self-sabotage. So don't try and skip it. But if you're in the second camp and you're trying to become that next level you, that wealthy person, then let's go ahead and evolve it. So my example would be um, I've been focusing on growing my income weekly because that's just the way I can wrap my brain around it. I can go ahead and say, <clears throat> excuse me, I can go ahead and say, I am no longer available to make anything less, less than X, but I am open and willing to do the work to earn, receive this number. And I'm, you know, again, if you're listening to the podcast, I've got like my minimums and my maximums. And I've talked about energetic minimum, minimums and maximums. So I'm kind of taking that principle and I'm expanding it. I'm expanding it to its next level. So I'm taking last year's maximum and making it this year's minimum. So you can use it for money. And I go back to wealth is not always just about money. I've had a cold, like a really, really bad cold. And where I live right now in Florida, Things are starting to get a little crazy. We're having another COVID outbreak, which is horrifying. And I feel so bad for all of the people that are going through it. And I currently don't have COVID. I got my test. Everything came back negative. But I've been so freaking sick that doctors won't even let me go in to see them. So I've had to do all the telehealth, which again, that could be a level of wealth. Having fucking insurance, if you live in the United States, having insurance is wealth to me because I have lived in a reality where we had no insurance and if I went somewhere we were paying cash or I was going to the health department and unfortunately those workers were so overworked so it's not like they could give me 
personalized care. They can help me the best they could, but it's not like they could do follow-ups or any of that stuff. So for me, wealth means having insurance and having that insurance and being able to do all of those things. Well, I still had the cold. And so I literally for the last three weeks, I have been sick. So being able to couple two, probably two and a half weeks ago, being able to take off two days of vacation, have enough vacation PTO, whatever verbiage you guys use if you work for someone else, having enough of that in my bank account that I can be like, you know what? I still have enough PTO to take a vacation with my husband for our anniversary and to have enough vacation time to go ahead and be sick and try and stay home and heal. That to me is wealth. So when I talk about evolving the wealth, third cough drop, when I talk about evolving your wealth, I'm talking about evolving wealth in all areas of your life, not just money. Because cool, let's say I had half a million dollars in the bank account right now. I wish I did. But let's say I had that. That doesn't change my cold. That doesn't change the fact of, oh, well, do you have enough PTO to take time off? Oh, can you go see a doctor? Can you go get a prescription filled? It may make some things easier, but it doesn't make every single part of your life easier for the majority of it. So I go back to wealth is in all areas of your life. So let's evolve it. Let's define it. And that's why I want you to go back and do that homework if you're in the second camp and go back to wealth means what to you. So for me, wealth would mean, I've said a couple of it, but let's reaffirm it. Wealth to me means having enough PTO while I work for someone else. Wealth means to me going ahead and having enough money in the bank account that if God forbid I lost my job, we can still pay bills for months and months and months. Wealth means to me having choices, having options. Wealth means to me being able to figure out how to take care of my family and you know to help take care of Ben. And the other part of that too would be, and I brought this up at the beginning of the podcast, but the other part of that too is having choices. When you start to try and evolve becoming that wealthy person, that wealthy woman, that wealthy man, you're going to have to evolve and change what you consider a choice or an option is. So that might mean diversify. Well, let me rephrase that. That is going to mean diversifying your money. You cannot have all of your money come from one single source because that is not a choice. If something were to happen, doesn't matter. We've all learned that the pandemic can take everything and turn it upside down. So I don't want you to think that having money come from one specific thing is the equivalent of choice. It's not. I have a girlfriend that I work with and she's really good and she's really sweet, but she only makes money from her job and she's been having a really hard time keeping her cash flow be the same as what she's used to because things are out of her control. She doesn't have the ability to sell certain things that she normally in any other time of her life would be able to sell. So because of that, she is at the mercy of her inventory. She is at the mercy of customers. She's at the mercy of timing that is outside of her control. It doesn't matter that she makes six figures or like a good healthy six figures. She does not have choices. Now, Someone in that example, again, she would be in camp number two, but someone in that example, what I would encourage them to do is to expand their choices around money. And this is where I continue to go back to as women, and I'm talking specifically to the women, we are not conditioned, we are not coached, we are not taught, we are not anything as to, hey, why don't you just earn more money? You know, and part of it is, at least in America, part of it is the well, women make 60 cents on the dollar, black women and Hispanic women aren't paid as much as white women. We have all of these realities, but we also have all of these stories that we continue to tell ourselves over and over and over again. And you know what? Maybe I don't, as a Hispanic woman, make as much as my, I don't know, white counterpart in another parts dealership. But who's to say that that has to be the only way I make money? Why can't I side hustle? Why can't I, I don't know, cut grass? Why can't I buy something at the auction and flip it? Now, are all those things going to be things I'm good at? No, because I'm new to them. So just like you would take a teenager and you would say, hey, Johnny, let's go to the auction and let's buy this. And I'm going to teach you how to flip things, which flipping to define it would mean to buying something super cheap, putting little or no, putting a little no or minimal investment into it and then selling it for a higher profit return. So that would be flipping if you don't know what flipping means. But why instead of, oh, just go ahead and sit there and take it and suffer or 
even, hey, go get a better job. Why aren't women more encouraged to do what men do? And I know I'm being a little sexist, but you got to bear with me, right? You know, why aren't we encouraged to say, hey, why don't you go side hustle? Why don't you go cut grass? Why don't you go clean the house? Why don't you go to the auction and buy something and flip it? Why don't you take whatever skills you have and use it as an opportunity to make money? I always am grateful. <laughs> You're killing the podcast vibes here, bud. Oh, maybe that worked. Okay. I will always be grateful to how Ben's mindset is because he has always been one to hustle. He never was, he never had the mindset, he never had the brainwashing that my money could only come from my job. Where I, for years, and I'm talking years, had this belief that I am not good at anything unless I'm working at a job. I cannot make money unless I'm at a job. And it is no fault of anyone's other than my own. He would go ahead and say, hey babe, you can build basic websites. Why don't you advertise it and try and build a $100 website and make some money? Oh, well, I'm not good enough. And I was self-sabotaged. So I go back to, you have to figure out your self-sabotaging so you can get past it. Because had I had taken the opportunity to fix that self-sabotage, let's say I was only charging 100 bucks for a basic website. But who's to say I couldn't be the queen of basic websites and like be pumping out five and six websites a month? That would have been at that time more than I was making in two weeks. So... You have to be willing to put the work in, but the other part of evolving and having choices means you have to put the work in. And sometimes that means being sweaty and gross and whiny and, <laughs> and messy and have, you know, things happen to you and get cuts and bruises and whatever. But eventually you, just like anything else, you get better at it over and over and over time. So evolving means having choices but evolving also means paying attention and i really do believe um i'm gonna quote ben again here um he always gets shy whenever i do this stuff but i mean it's a really good analogy you know if you are good let's let's use the example of if you're the shoe cobbler say you cobble shoes that is what you do for a living you make shoes and you put them together and all of that and you're really, really good at it. You're proficient at it. You've spent X amount of years doing it. So you can do it. It's your thing, right? And then you're like, hmm, I want to have more choices. I want to have more options. I want to evolve. Let me make money a different way. It's going to make sense for you to make more fucking shoes. Instead of saying, well, I'm a shoe cobbler. But hold on. Let me put all that on hold. Let me figure out how to be a NASCAR driver. I have no clue how to drive. I have no NASCAR. I have no team. I have no you know, stupid fast car. I, I, I hit parked curbs, but oh no, let me become a NASCAR driver and let me make my money that way. That would be an example of self-sabotaging because you already have an innate talent that you can go and you can take and you can figure out how to turn it into cash. You can turn it into money or maybe you don't even turn it into money. Maybe you turn it into an opportunity. Maybe you turn it into a ability to network. Maybe you turn it into a business venture. Maybe you turn it into, I don't know, you know, swapping X so you have free babysitting or swapping X so that your grass is cut. You know, it, sometimes it doesn't have to be about the money, but you have to be willing to evolve. You have to be willing to grow. You have to be willing to put the work in. And, I, and I'm speaking from experience. There's tons of times where I get whiny and I wake up and I'm like, I just want to sleep in and I don't want to get up and work. But in the long run, this work that I'm doing is why I have choices. So I want you to start to be programming yourself. So regardless of where you're at, whether you're in the self-sabotage mode or you're in the let's evolve to become an even wealthier version of my current reality, you have to start brainwashing yourself. And the reason why I say brainwashing is because I want it to be at that level. You need to start brainwashing yourself so that you understand that, hey, I need to go ahead and understand that doing all of this work makes me more options, makes me have more choices, makes me have more flexibility, makes me have more of X. And, you know, that's where I would start to hope that you could define what is it that you're trying to have more of? Is it more money? Is it more opportunity? Is it more PTO? Is it, I don't, I, I don't know. I don't want to 
I don't want to put a box around it, but I want to give you kind of somewhat concrete examples of let's go ahead and evolve this. Let's go ahead and grow. And the other part of it too, um, my favorite phrase ever is last year's maximums is this year's minimums. There is nothing wrong with saying that you want it when it comes to money. You want to grow your money. You want to have more money than last year. And, you know, one of the realities that most people will hit up against when it comes to making more money is sometimes they'll self-sabotage and you'll be like, well, what am I going to do with all of it? And you know what? It doesn't matter what you do with it. You could legit bathe in it. You could stare at it. You could buy shiny things. You could do whatever. The, the money is irrelevant. You're not going to become a bad person because you have more money. You're not going to become a horrible negative person because you're wealthier. Now, you probably will deal with some shit from your family just because it's not about the money. It's because you are growing and you're evolving and they're not used to that version of you. And until they become reacquainted with that version of you, things are going to be a little messy. But it's not that you're magically this bad person now because you have money. So when I say last year's maximums is this year's minimums, I say it from a place of love and growth and support, not greed. Because screw it, who's to say, and this is not necessarily to be pious. I mean, you could take all that money and buy, I don't know, shoes with it. Or you could do whatever. Or you could do stuff and you can take that money and you could put it into a homeless shelter. The, the, what you do with the money is irrelevant. I want you to feel safe to continue to grow your money. That is the entire intention of it. Let's fix all the bad habits. Let's fix all the self-sabotaging. Let's, you know, as Amanda Francis' uh, course says, let's drop that money struggle so that you can evolve to become the wealthy person so that you can do more of the amazing things you're doing in your life. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm going to say it probably a couple more times. There's nothing wrong with that. 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 So once you start evolving, I want you to understand that this evolving process, preferably you do it every single year. So instead of doing your New Year's resolution of, I'm going to lose 10 pounds and I'm going to pay off my Amex card. That's bullshit. Leave them be. If you're going to do it, fine. But don't make the same boring, mundane, not expansive goals year over year over year. I'd rather have you say, well, last year I made X. So this year I want to double it. Or last year I did blah. So this year I want to do more. I want your goals and your realities to be growth. I don't want them to be the same pale, dumb variations of what they were last year. You know, yeah, they're, you know, and maybe you do need to lose weight. Okay, cool. So let's not relose the same 10 pounds over and over again. Instead, let's become that wealthy person. And that wealthy person is like, well, hmm, shit. I've been trying to lose the same 10 pounds for the last three years. It's clearly not working. So what can I do differently? Do I need to pay a nutritionist? Do I need to go see a food psychologist? Do I need to pay a personal trainer? Do I need to pay for food prep? You know, all of that would be part of a wealthy person's woman, whatever mentality and mindset. You would evolve, you would grow, you would realize where you failed in the past and you would say, hmm, what can I do differently so that I don't fail? But you would also take a chance. You would take the choice. You would take the risk. And I'm going to try and see if I can do this because I'm normally doing this while I am on oh, the podcast. And I can actually. So this is all right. another behind the scenes thing. This is where being able to record the podcast and pause things really works because I got lucky. Demon started barking and I was able to calm him down. But there has been times when I've been recording a podcast and I've had to like cut out a little bit of audio because he just started barking and went crazy and I had to do whatever I needed to do to calm him down. So while I was trying to pull something up on my website, um, there is a phrase I wanted to tell you guys. Let me go back and find it real quick. Okay. So the reason why I am talking about all of this is because I've got two things that I want to focus on. Part of me feeling into the reality of becoming the wealthy woman means that I always call in the right teacher to help me to get to my goals faster. So there was a time when we started to grow our money 
and the bills started to fall away and we started to have overflow and excess and abundance. And I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do with it. And then I ended up telling myself, well, you know what? Every time there's something I don't know what to do with, I call in the right teacher to help me. I call in the right accountant. I call the right bookkeeper and I call the right this, I call the right that so that I can go ahead and hire the right person to help me grow. And the other reason why I wanted to bring this up is because I really do believe that if we were a lot more honest and we shared who inspired us, shared who our mentors was versus saying, I figured this all out on my own. Yeah, there's stuff that you figured out on your own and yeah, there's things that are part of your reality, but we're also part of a shared collective for lack of a better word, even though it sounds wooey, but we're all part of a shared environment that if we go ahead and actually are honest of who influences us, who inspires us, well, maybe they can inspire the other person as well. So maybe me talking about my struggles and my past realities and my current future realities and how Amanda's helping me, maybe that can help you too. That's the entire intention of this video. So my call to you would be, if you want to either drop your money struggles way fucking faster than I did, or if you want to become the wealthiest, well, well I shouldn't say wealthiest, next level wealthy version of yourself than you currently are way fucking faster than you would have on your own. If you buy one of the one or both of those courses, I'm doing something different that I've never done in the past. I know I've talked about courses in the past. I know I've talked about audios and all of that, but I am actually going to give you a special bonus bundle video mini series that the only way you're going to get access to it is if you go ahead and buy one or both of her courses. Now I'm not going to, in the past, I've taken a lot of my like free content or bonus content and I've put it on the podcast. I may put a snippet of it in the future, but I'm not going to put the whole audio. So you're going to get access to three different videos. If you end up buying one or both of her courses, the first video is how I do my journal work. Now you might've seen some of my journal work if you are subscribed to the newsletter, because I did, um, I think it was like four questions. I did like a four question mini dive into what my fear was around coming back on the podcast and what my new reality was. But I'm actually going to share what's in my current journal for you. I'm going to share how I take other inspired thoughts and action from people and I take it and I turn it into my own actions because I always go back to if you're just listening to me, you never do the journal prompts, you never do the homework, you're missing out on literally all of the magic. That is where your brain gets rewired. You have to do the work. And sometimes journaling is just the thing you need to do. And that can be enough. I'm not saying that you have to, I don't know, run a marathon or something like that to achieve the work, but you do have to do some type of work. You do have to do the journal prompts. You do have to have the conversations. So the first video is going to be about how I actually do all my journaling and how I take my thoughts or my beliefs or even borrow beliefs from people that are way more advanced than I am and turn it into my own actual reality. Um, the second video, excuse me while I take a drink. The second video is going to be a wealth roadmap. So in our household, um, Ben and I are really, really good at splitting tasks. So I do certain tasks, he does certain tasks. We both may, I don't know, let me give you an example of groceries, right? We both go to the grocery store, but like I'm the one that brings the list and he's the one that plans the dinners. So when you're in a partnership, when you're in a marriage and you're trying to evolve your wealth and you're trying to evolve your wealth mindset, I am of a firm believer that if both of you can be on the same page, it's going to be a lot fucking easier to grow together versus having one partner grow and then the other partner self-sabotage. And whether you're the person that pays all the bills or you're the person that doesn't pay the bills, I am a fan of making it easy for both of you to have an idea of where you're at on like a one page document. So like you could have and you can even call it, so in our household, we call it the Stevens Wealth Report, but you could call it like the CFO report or whatever, whatever feels good to you. But it goes over the high overview stuff of where you're currently at and where you're going. And it's just a little quick one page document. So that is going to be the second video bonus. 
because that's really important. Again, I go back to you want to have both parties on the same page and you don't want one self-sabotaging the other or you don't want one knowing what's going on and all the monies and all the things and then the other person being caught off guard. That's that's horrible. That'll actually sabotage things for you. So second video bonus is going to be about the wealth roadmap and how to get there and how to share this conversation or even have the conversation with your spouse or partner. And then the third video is probably my favorite, like stupid favorite. So I'm kind of upset with myself that I'm making it a bundle or not a bundle. I'm making it a uh, bonus for a bundle just because it's so freaking good. I'm going to give you a little teaser on it. Okay. So let's go back to the example that I use because I've done so many examples in this video. That's what I get for being on hiatus from the podcast forever. I just go example crazy, but I know that all of them are relevant for you guys and I know that they're there to help you. So let's go to the example of my income is currently at X and I want it to be at Y. So because of my past and where we came from, I don't like the phrase, I can't imagine because I can't imagine was a reality not even 10 years ago. So it feels disingenuous. I can't imagine. I do remember. I do know what X, Y, and Z was like. So I, excuse me, I created a video bundle, or let me rephrase. I will be going to create a video bundle around how I took my mindset of I am no longer available, available, and then turned it into I can't imagine. Um, and the way I use this, I was talking to my mom the other day we were going, we were planting trees. Um, we were working on the side pasture, um, of the palm tree farm that we have. And Ben was out in the yard and he was with the, the tractor and he was augering all the holes so that mom and I could go behind him and we could plant all the trees. And mom was talking about how, you know, she's had right now she's in the job that she's made the most and she's ever made, but she's like, man, that's not enough. I want to make more money. And, you know, just like her and just like me, and we both can remember a time where we didn't make that level of money. And so to say I can't imagine making anything less than blah, 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 it doesn't feel right because it, it wasn't long ago that we did make that. So I walked her through an exercise of, hey, mom, instead of saying I can't imagine or instead of saying all these other things, let's do this. Let's say... I am no longer available to make anything less than X <clears throat> and let's get comfortable with that. And then eventually let's grow it into that. Can, I can't imagine making anything less than X. And like I said, it's going to be probably my most favorite video ever. Um, but what I'm doing differently instead of taking these videos that are a bonus only if you buy Amanda's courses, I am so obsessed with her work. I'm so honored and grateful to know of her work that I'm not going to sell these courses. I'm not going to make them available any other way to get them. You have to buy one of her courses. Now, if you buy one of her courses, it'll automatically notify me. I can take your email address and I can put you in the course, the, the video bundle that I've created. But what I'm going to do is these videos, I'm going to record them live. So if you buy this one or both of these courses within the next two weeks, you get to join me live. You get to ask me any of these questions. I get to use you if you want as part of the examples to create the journal affirmations, to create the wealth map, to go ahead and start doing the exercises of I'm no longer available for. You actually get to do that with me. Now, regardless of when you're listening to this, because again, I'm going back to the podcast. If you're listening to this six months from now, and I have a really bright idea and I have another video that comes up. If I create any new content, it's going to be live in that bundle. You'll get to join me, but you'll get access to all the replays. You'll get access to all the back videos. You'll get access to the private Facebook group. So you'll still get the container of the information and the vibe and the energy and the course videos that will live on until the internet is not a thing anymore. But I would encourage you, if you can, to join me live because there's something to be said about doing something live and to be there and to participate in the now versus in the five years from now. Um, so that is my little, that's my bonus to you guys. And I'm excited. I'm really, really, really excited. I know that 
in the past, um, I've done the podcast and I've talked about doing other courses or I've talked about doing this or I've talked about doing that. But again, it, hopefully you're on the newsletter. If you're not, it's okay. Um, I, I will still love you anyway. I'd love you a little bit more if you're on the newsletter. No, I'm joking. Kind of. But uh, we're doing things differently. Um, I was reading a book by Katrina Ruth. Um, I love her. She's amazing. She's sometimes so far above what I can comprehend that like I have to do one little piece of her work and then I need to sit with it for like a week because I'm like, oh my God, that rocks my world. I need to absorb all of it. But one of the things that she's been trying to drill into all of the people she inspires into their heads over and over again is you have to do things in alignment. So for me, doing the Facebook Live, even though it's a little bit clunky because I'm rusty, to be honest, doing that is in alignment. Taking the content and making it easy so that you can consume it on whatever platform you choose, not what platform I choose, is in alignment. Like I even hired and it's not like it was a lot of money, but I hired a VA so that she could go ahead and take all of my um, podcast episodes because I have this really, really, really cute um, stock image that I created that I want for every single one of my podcast episodes. I love uniformity. I love consistency. And I was like, man, this is like the image I want all my podcast episodes to be known by. And so I actually like legit paid someone to go back and fix all 35 of my previous podcast episodes, images, and create them for me. And then the best part is I'm going to pay another person to go into my website, to go into Anchor, to go into all of the platforms and make sure that the formatting is all consistent. Make sure that the when you click on the blog post, you're going to get the right audio, you're going to get the right image, you're going to get access to journal prompts. So this is things that, yes, I could do. Yes, instead of paying someone, I could be doing it on my own. But the wealthy woman does things in alignment. And in alignment means that I take, instead of spending that money on something dumb, I take that money and I spend it on something that matters to me. I take it and I make it so that it's easy for you and for me to find stuff. And I, I make it easy on my own self to create things. I give myself choices. I give myself options. So if Ben lets me sleep in one weekend <laughs> or most weekends, you know, then I can be like, well, at least I still got some shit done. So I'm really excited to do a lot more live things with you, but I'm going to go back to, I'm going to do it differently. Instead of giving all my amazing content free, I'm going to give a ton of free content on the podcast. That's never going to change. Clearly I love to talk and I don't like to, you know, shut up, which is fine. So I'm always going to have that as an option for you guys, but I'm going to be doing things differently. I'm going to be creating more mini sacred containers where we can dive deeper into something where you can go ahead and get more of a private experience with me going through a paid course with me because I love a topic so much. I want to be able to talk about it in crazy depth, not just, hey, here's a concept. Here's some journal prompts. Here's some things to shift on. Boom, you're free. This is, you know, it's the equivalent of instead of doing like a one day course, you're going to do like a semester on something. Not that it's that intense, but you get my, my point. So that is part of becoming the wealthy woman for me. Becoming the wealthy woman for me is more than just the money. It's giving myself choice. It's giving myself opportunities. It's paying people where clearly I, I would rather have the work done. I just do not want to do it. Like those videos or no, taking this content and distributing it equally everywhere. Yeah, no, don't, don't want to do it. I will greatly pay my person um, to do it for me. Creating all those images for my podcast episodes? Yeah, nah, -uh, don't want to do it. I will greatly and gladly pay to have someone else do it for me. So I go back to being that wealthy woman, evolving into her, whatever that is for 2021, that is giving myself choices and doing things in alignment. And doing things in alignment is going live with you guys and gals doing things in alignment is creating bonus bundles to support a, a, two pieces of work that I'm obsessed with. Doing things in alignment means making it easier on you to consume me where you, you would prefer to consume me and growing the podcast and being unapologetic about it. So with that being said, I'm starting to lose my voice, which is going to be my cue that it's time to wrap this up. I want you to do the two pieces of homework that I gave you. 
where does money not make you feel safe and wealthy being the wealthy person means what to you those are the two big pieces of homework and then from there i want you to take a little bit of time and step back and observe observe where you're not in alignment and if that means you need to pay someone or you need to trade it out trade it out do it because if one thing COVID has taught us is that there's nothing constant anymore, there's nothing consistent anymore, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. I think a lot of us were in a rut, and I think that it was a very fucked up way to get out of the rut, but I think that the people that take this opportunity, and I go back to do the fucking work, you're going to grow out of this so much faster. You're going to collapse that time versus just sitting there and going, oh, woe is me. The sky is falling. Don't be the sky is falling. Go ahead and bust out or fucking buy some duct tape and build your own damn umbrella and make it so that the sky is not falling for you. So with that being said, I love and appreciate all of you. If you have any questions, you know how to get a hold of me, margaretstevens.co or find me on the Facebooks or the socials, I should say at this point. Um, and I will see you back for next week's podcast. And I would love to have you join me live. All right. I will talk to you later. Have fun. Do the homework. Let me know if you have any questions. Mwah. Bye. Have a burning question for me? Want that link I was talking about? Get access to all the resources and links that were mentioned in this episode and others over at margaretstevens.co. And if you haven't, don't forget to sign up for my VIP list where I share special bonuses, pre-launch coupon codes, and advice I don't share anywhere else. Thanks for listening.